Welcome to the Ain't That the Truth podcast. I'm Revy Melissa, your host. We are here to proclaim that truth's name is Jesus. We rely on the Bible to explore, understand, and grow in absolute truth. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Ain't That the Truth. My name is Revy Melissa, and I am your host, and I am so excited to have you guys joining with me today. We are continuing our um, Bible Hero series. I am so excited about this series. You know, we did our first one last week, and we talked about Daniel. We learned a lot of good lessons from his life. We Legacies that he left, characteristics in Daniel that we should try to mimic in our own lives. It was awesome. It was amazing. I could talk about Daniel for several more episodes, but today, as promised, we are going to talk about Nehemiah. And so I wanted to dive right in today and get into it. So let's see. Let's talk about Nehemiah. So Nehemiah is who we believe to be the author of the book of Nehemiah in the Bible. Although we're not 100% for sure, there are some scholars that believe that it could have been Ezra that was using memoirs from Nehemiah to kind of help write the book. However, we do believe that it could have really well possibly been Nehemiah who wrote the book. So who was Nehemiah before he, he you know, started in the what we know as him rebuilding the wall of Jerusalem? Who was he before that? So in doing some research and, you know, reading chapter 1, you see that Nehemiah was actually the cupbearer to the king. So it was King Xerxes, Artaxerxes, and um, he was the cupbearer. So what is a cupbearer, actually? Because, I mean, you know, we don't really have cupbearers these days, you know, here in America anyways. So what is a cupbearer? So a cupbearer is a butler. So he started out as a lowly butler. And any time that I think of a butler, when I think of that, my 90s kid in me kind of gets giddy. And I think about Jeffrey from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And we know that Jeffrey, you know, he was basically the house servant. If they wanted food, he cooked. If they needed a ride somewhere, he made sure that the car was ready. When they needed something cleaned, he did it. If they needed their clothes packed to go on vacation, that was Jeffrey's job. That's what a cupbearer or a butler does is they take care of people. They're kind of a servant. See, so Nehemiah went from servant to leader because we see that the whole key kind of in Nehemiah is, is he had a goal and that was to rebuild the wall of Jerusalem. He had saw where the wall needed to be rebuilt. The people needed to have um, the, the, the wall of protection around Jerusalem. And so he had the goal and it was on his heart that he was going to lead them in rebuilding the wall. So the first point that I wanted to point out in this episode is that what we can learn from Nehemiah is you always have to have a goal. You know, we should never be walking around life aimlessly without a goal in mind, without a destination in mind. We should always have something that we're pushing towards. Any good leader is going to lead their group with everybody in that group understanding and on the same page as to what goal that they are trying to achieve. Any good leader knows that. And so Nehemiah had this goal. But let's talk about how he got there. So if we look at chapter 1 of Nehemiah, we 
notice that the first thing that he did was he noticed a problem. So he noticed that um, the wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. He sees that there's a problem. There's no doubt in his mind that there's something that needs to be fixed. So when he notices that something needed to be fixed, what was his first response? And that's something that I wanted to take a moment and to talk about. When we have problems in our life, when we see that there are issues in our life and in the lives of the people that are around us, it is important for us to examine what is always our first response in that. Because our first response to that is honestly going to be very telling about our relationship with Jesus. It's going to be very telling about who we are and who we put our trust in. Because is is our first response to go run to our best friend? Is our first response to, to you know, go run and tell tell somebody? Is our first response to, to run and hide from the problem? Is our first response to freak out? Or is our first response to give it to Jesus, to surrender it to Jesus? And we see in Nehemiah chapter 1, starting in verse 4, after he notices it, that, that there's this issue, it says in verse 4, when I heard the, these things, and this is Nehemiah talking, I sat down and, and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. So that was his first reaction. His first reaction wasn't, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to sit back and watch and see what happens. His first response wasn't to go tell Joe Schmo down the street, you know, let me gossip about what's happening up in Jerusalem. It wasn't any of that. His first response was to fast and to pray. He was asking the Lord basically, what can I do to help? What can I do to help? What can I do to be assistance? What needs to be done here? And the Lord sends him, we know, to go and to build this wall. But that's so telling of the character of Nehemiah that his first response was to take it to Jesus. His first response was to fast and to pray. I think sometimes we don't do enough of fasting and praying. We don't do enough of getting into our secret place with Jesus. We don't do enough of crying out to Him as, as our first response to the issues that we face. So after that, there was some fear that was had. So I wanted to, to point in on this and hone in on this. You know, when we think of biblical heroes, when we think of a hero... We don't oftentimes want to want to think about the fact that every hero has a flaw. The only flawless being that ever was was Jesus Christ himself. Other than that, everybody else is flawed. And so I think it's important for us to, to think about that and to think about the fact that, you know what, even our heroes are human beings just like us, who have feelings, who have fears, who have sadness, who have anger, who who struggle with things and so it says in chapter 2 verse 2 it says let me get to it here so the king asked me why does your face look so sad when you are not ill this can be nothing but sadness of heart i was very much afraid but i said to the king may the king live forever why should my face not look sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruin and its gates have been destroyed by fire so right here um nehemiah is 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 experiencing number one sadness sadness for his people, the people in Jerusalem where his ancestors derived from. And he is 
coming to the king and the king is noticing that he is looking sad and distressed and Nehemiah is nervous because you know he was the cupbearer for the king and so the king could have been like you need to let them worry about them on their own self and you just worry about taking care of me and my household but instead we know that um, Artaxerxes gave Nehemiah his blessing to go and to help rebuild the wall but you know what even as uh, a leader because even at that time Nehemiah was a leader he just maybe didn't realize it yet nonetheless he had fears he had sadness God does not call perfect people. He calls humans, just like me and you, to do extraordinary things. And it's okay to sometimes have fear. It's okay to sometimes have sadness. Do we want to stay in those places? Absolutely not. But that doesn't mean that it's a sin to have fear or to be uh, sad or upset at times. Now, it would have been a sin if if Nehemiah would have taken that fear and said, you know what, I'm going to let somebody else take care of this. Like, I'm going to let the next person take care of it. No, he had his fear, but he let his faith be bigger than his fear. His his, uh, knowledge of who his God was be bigger than his fear. And therefore, he was able to go and do the task that was set before him. And then another part that, that, that and something else that you can learn from Nehemiah was, is that he didn't go around for right off the bat whenever he got the clear from the king to go ahead and go build the wall. He didn't go blasting it to everybody that that was what the Lord was calling him to do. He kept it quiet until its proper time. And that's something that is so important for us that there are certain unsafe people in this world that that as soon as you tell them of what you feel like the Lord's going to call you to do, they're going to rip you to pieces. Maybe it's because they're jealous and wish that God called them to do what he's called you to do. Or maybe it's because they don't understand how it's going to happen and it looks impossible. Or who knows what the reason may be, but there's always going to be skeptics. That are going to rise up against you as you are pursuing what the Lord has called you to do. And so Nehemiah knew that. And so he kept things a little hush-hush for a little bit. You notice in verse uh, in chapter 2 verses 11 and 12. It says, I went to Jerusalem and after staying there three days. I set out during the night with a few others. I had not told anyone what my God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. There was no mounts with me except the one I was riding on. And then you go down to verse Let me see, 17, it says, Then I said to them, You see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins, and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem, and we will no longer be in disgrace. I will also tell them about the gracious hand of my God on me and what the king had said to me. They replied, Let us start rebuilding. So they began this good work. But he first went out and surveyed and examined what was going on. So he took time Uh, before he let people in on what God had called them to do and sometimes that's necessary for us I know that sometimes we get so excited when we feel like God's called us to do something that we just want to be so gung-ho and so out with it and telling everybody but it's important that we guard our calling if that makes sense that we guard it and we guard it against people that we know are going to tear us down or try to tell us every reason why it might not work We don't need those people in our ears at all times. And so sometimes we have to wait before we tell people. 
Sometimes we have to guard that with just a few trusted others. And so I encourage you, know those people in your life, your inner circle, those people that can be there in those moments that you can talk to about what you feel like the Lord's calling you to, that you know will pray with you and help you to seek God's direction. Not those that are going to immediately tear you down with everything that could possibly go wrong. So after you waited a while, the the next lesson that we can learn is there will be those that will try to thwart God's plan for us. Or our plan. Whatever it may be, there are always going to be those that are going to thwart the plan. And we see here where it says, but then Sambalot the Heronite, Tobiah the Ammonite official, and Geshem the Arab heard about it. They mocked and ridiculed us. What is this you are doing? They asked. Are you rebelling against the king? I answered them by saying, The God of heaven will give us success. We, his servants, will start rebuilding. But as for you, you have no share in Jerusalem or any claim or historic right to it. So right from the get-go, as soon as they make plans to rebuild this wall, the enemy was coming against to, 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 to kill, steal, and destroy what the Lord was going to do. And it is so important, so, so important that we know the plans of the enemy, that we can see, see what the Lord is doing, and that we are not easily swayed by those enemies that are co- going to come in and are going to try to keep us from doing what the Lord's called us to. We have to stand firm against those. And how do you stand firm against against those? Is by remaining close to Jesus in prayer and praise and in the word every day. It's again by a, surrounding yourself with that inner circle of safe people who will help you and encourage you along the way as you're, as you're fulfilling the calling that God has for you. It's so important, and it's so important to be vigilantly aware and alert for those enemies that will come, because some en- enemies are going to just swoop wide, right on in if we're not careful. We always have to be alert, because you know what? It is pretty much a guarantee. If you're doing something for Jesus, the enemy is going to fight back. The enemy is scared. It says even the de- demons shriek and tremble at the name of Jesus. So the enemy is scared of anything that we would do for the kingdom of heaven for uh, the work of the gospel and so you are better just bank on it take it to the bank that there are going to be trials and tribulations and the enemy is going to come come at you whenever you're doing something for the lord and that was the case for nehemiah the next thing that i wanted to look at was chapter three we're not going to read all of chapter three because um it's it's would be quite a lengthy amount of scripture to read but the whole part of chapter three is nehemiah telling the different people what their job was going to be so for this gate it was this person's job for instance the valley gate was repaired by hanun and the residents of zenoa and the fish gate was rebuilt by the sons of hana Uh, They laid its beams and put its doors and bolts and bars in place. So every person had their specific job. A good leader knows how to delegate. A good leader knows how to delegate. And even more importantly than just delegate, a good leader can see the potential and the people that they're leading know what they're good at and therefore place them strategically in the ministry that 
they need to do. They know their people. And and each and every one of us are called to be leaders. I did want to specify that. I'm not just talking to pastors here. I'm not just talking, you know, to supervisors that maybe have a, a supervisor or a manager position at your work. We're all leaders in some way, shape, or form. And we all have people that are looking up to us. Um, whether we believe it or not, the, if we're just called a Christian, people are going to be looking at us as an example. And we've got to lead them in the right direction. And and knowing people and being able to call out what they're good at for the kingdom of God is so important. And Nehemiah does just that. He gives everybody their job and what they're to do. So that way it's not just him trying to go at it alone to rebuild this wall. But he has a whole, whole slew of people, group of people that are with him building this wall a good leader knows and is humble enough to realize that they can't do it on their own and so they invite people to come along in this in their process in their calling we're never meant to do it alone you know it says that that we are one body but we are many parts and the eye can't say to the hand i don't need you and the hand can't say to the foot i don't need you the mouth can't say to the to the ears i don't need you every part of the body of Christ is important and so it is important that we realize that and we live in unity and that the leadership realizes hey that person's a hand we need them let's figure out where we can plug them in it's so so important so after chapter 3 whenever all of the the tasks are distributed we head into chapter 4 Again, chapter 4, the, the title of it is Rebuilding Continues Despite Opposition. So again, you have the same people, um, the Sambalot. He heard, hears uh, that we are rebuilding the wall, and, and he became angry and was greatly uh, incensed. He ridiculed the Jews and in, in the presence of his associates in the armies of Samaria he said what are these feeble Jews doing will they restore their wall will they offer sacrifices will they finish in a day can we bring the stone back to life from those heaps of rubble burned as they are so here they're coming against the opposition again again people are speaking against them saying oh they won't be able to finish this wall they won't be able to rebuild the wall of Jerusalem it won't be able to happen but against the opposition, they keep going. Do not allow any, any person, any word that per, a person speaks over you to keep you from pursuing God's calling and tasks that he has placed over your life. And we see here that Nehemiah responds so great in these times. A good leader, a good fellow Christian that is helping other people in their walk with Christ is going to encourage and is going to protect. If you see chapter 4 verses 9 through 15, it says, But we prayed to our God and posted a guard day and night to meet his this threat. Meanwhile, the people in Judah said the strength of the laborers is giving out and there is so much rubble that we cannot rebuild the wall. Also, our enemies said before they know it or s will see us, we will be right there among them and will kill them and put an end to the work. Then the Jews who lived near them became and told us ten times over, 
wherever you turn, they will attack us. Therefore, I stationed some at, at the people behind the lowest points of the wall, at the exposed places, posting them by families with their swords, spears, and bows. After I looked these things over, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, Don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome, and fights for your family, your sons and your daughters, your wives, and your homes. When our enemies heard that we were aware of their plot and that God had frustrated it, we all returned to the wall, each to our own work. So here, he noticed that there was a problem, and he took action. A leader is going to take action. So what was his first action? I'm going to set up guards. We need to protect. We need to protect this work that God is doing, and so we are going to have guards. Guard each other. We as fellow Christians should be guarding each other, and what does that look like? You know, uh, obviously here, like these were actually really guards who were there um, to, to fight off anybody who was going to try to destroy the work that the, the Jews were doing at this time. But sometimes it's not necessarily maybe like a bodyguard type situation or a guard in this sense, but sometimes we need to help pray each other up and help lift each other up in the calling that the Lord has placed on their life, helping them to guard that calling by continuing to speak words of encouragement to them, by continuing to pray for them that every uh, plan of the en enemy would just be washed away and not successful. We have to do that for each other. Any good Christian who wants unity within the body is going to do that. And you see here where he encouraged them. He is like, remember who your God is. He's great and awesome. He's never failed us before. He's never going to fail us because he's incapable of failing. Therefore, we have nothing to be afraid of. And you know what? We know that. Most of us listening to this podcast, I would say, who has grown up in church or... Um, heard the name of Jesus in any way, shape, or forms, knows it in their head that God is good, God is awesome, and that every plan of the enemy is not going to prosper. But you know what? Sometimes it's you can know it with your head, but it not really sink into your heart. And sometimes it's easy to let those, you know, thoughts creep in your head of like, this is all going to fall apart, that, I, that I'm not going to be able to feel, fulfill what the Lord's called me to do. I might as well give up. Those thoughts are going to happen again. We're human. And God knew that when he chose to use us anyways, that we were going to be human and that there were going to be times where we doubted or maybe we questioned. God is not mad at us when we have moments of questioning. He's not. But as long as we do not allow those questions and those doubts to overtake us so much as we stop doing what the Lord has called us to do. And lastly, when we look at Nehemiah, we see... In chapter 6, verses 15 through chapter 7, verse 3. Let's look at that real quick. Turn over to chapter 6. 6.15 says, So the wall was completed on the 25th of Elul in 52 days. When all our enemies heard about this, all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence because they realized that this work had been done with the help of our God. Also in those days, the nobles of Judah were sending many letters to Tobiah um, and replies from Tobiah kept coming to them. For many in Judah were under oath to him since he was son-in-law to Shekaniah, son of Era, and his son Johanan had married the daughter of Methuselah, son of Berechiah, 
Moreover, they kept reporting to me his good deeds and then telling them what I had said, and Tobias sent letters to intimidate me. After the wall had been rebuilt and I had set the doors in place, the gatekeepers, the musicians, and the Levites were appointed. I put in charge of Jerusalem my brother Hanani, along with Hananiah, the commander of the citadel, because he was a man of integrity and feared God more than most people do. I said to them, The gates of Jerusalem are not to be opened until the sun is hot. While the gatekeepers are still on duty, have them shut the door and bar them. Also appoint residents of Jerusalem as guards, some at their posts and some near their own houses. So we see here that the work was done. The work was done. They had been successful in building the wall. But guess what? It didn't stop at just the building of the wall. Nehemiah understood that, hey, even once the task is complete, the enemy is still going to try to destroy it. And so we've got to be careful that we don't let our guard down too soon. That we don't, well really we should never be letting our guard down. We should always be sober minded and alert. It t talks about that very clearly in the, in the word of God. But we should never ever ever think, okay, the work here is done. I can just stop guarding it now and, and let it be. Because Nehemiah was smarter than that. He knew that Tobias, that um, Sambalot, all of them. We're not going to go out without a fight. And so what did he do? He again, he made sure that there was plenty of guards set up. He made sure that the people were aware of the opposition that would, would in, uh, probably come immediately, if not soon after. Any good leader is going to warn people. They're going to be a warner. They're going to warn people of, of the... Um, trials and tribulations that are going to come after a success any success in the kingdom of heaven again scares the enemy Scare, it scares the enemy when we are doing what the Lord has called us to do and and when when we're successful in that it scares the enemy it does it does it does it does and so we have to be aware and alert we have to pray we have to fast we have to be encouraging to each other. We have to live in unity. We have to have those goals. And yes, again, there are going to be fears that are going to try to get in our way. But that's, no fear is too big for God. Nothing is impossible for Him. So let's not let fear keep us from doing what the Lord has called us to do. Again, there is so much more that I could have said about Nehemiah. There's so much more to unpack and to learn about him. But I didn't want to make this episode too long. But I would encourage you this week, if you have not already, take the time to read the book of Nehemiah. It is incredible. It is incredible just to read how it all came about. Again, to for someone to be a, a basically a servant, a cupbearer, a butler to being that, to being called by God to help rebuild the wall of Jerusalem with the Jews is amazing. It's amazing. So I don't care how lowly you feel. I don't care if you you know feel like you're the lowest of the low. God can use you for mighty things. God tends to use the ones that are, are l less likely in, in the eyes of humans just to show his own strength. And so don't count yourself out, no matter how small you are, no matter how um, unequipped you feel like you are. Don't allow that to keep you 
from pursuing um, the higher calling that God has in your life. So to wrap this up, um, before we pray and in this episode, I wanted to let you guys know that next week we are going to be talking about Moses. Next week it's going to be about Moses and that is honestly probably going to be a longer um, episode just because there's so much to learn about Moses. We um, He's talked about for several, several ch- chapters. His his legacy is, is huge um, in the Christian faith. And so we're going to be talking about Moses. And then the week after that, we're actually going to be talking about Joseph, which are two um, New Testament biblical heroes um, that we can learn a lot from. We can learn from their successes, but also from their mistakes. So again, I just appreciate everybody who takes the time to listen to these episodes. You know, I hope that they're encouraging. I hope that you um, <clears throat> feel lifted up after listening to these episodes. So I'm going to pray before we wrap it up for this week. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, God, for your word. In that your word is still very much so living and active and it's effective today. And that if there's someone in the Bible that, that was mentioned and their story was mentioned, it was because it is pertinent to us today and we can learn from them. And God, I, I, I thank you for, for the example of Nehemiah in that he had a goal that even though there was fear and opposition there, he stood firm and he encouraged the people. He led the people and they were able to finish the task. And God, I pray that we would be more like Nehemiah in the way that we just lead other people into doing what the Lord has called them to do. That we would walk alongside people and encourage them even when they feel like the enemy is attacking them because they are doing things for the Lord. That we would be the encouragers just like Nehemiah was when he encouraged the people, do not be afraid. Our God is good and awesome. He hasn't failed us and he won't now. So I, I pray, God, that, that we would learn from this, Father God, and that you would just continue to speak to us this week as people dig deep into the book of Nehemiah and then they start looking at the life of Moses in preparation for next week. I, got, I pray, God, that our biblical understanding would grow deeper, God, and that we would just know you more through what we are learning. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. Again, I am so glad that you joined us today. Um, As usual, I will be posting this episode on the Spotify for podcasters on YouTube. And then, of course, sharing it on my Facebook page. Please feel free, if you see it on my Facebook page, to answer the question that I'm going to put up for the week. And also just to comment anything that you might have learned from Nehemiah. Maybe that I, I didn't mention today. So anyways, I love you all and I hope that you have a wonderful week.